Welcome to Vacation Rental and Airbnb Mastery. John here. Tim and I believe that every vacation rental owner should reach their full potential. We want to help as many people as possible become vacation rental masters. We want to teach you the fundamentals of running a successful vacation rental with our short and daily actionable episodes. We draw from the experiences we have had running hospitality businesses and vacation rentals with you. Whether you're a complete beginner or an experienced operator, you will find some value in what we will talk about today. Today's episode is going to kick off our seven-day mini-series on pricing. We're going to talk about optimizing your base rate for maximizing your regular earnings. What does this mean? Under conditions of regular demand, how much you should charge to maximize your profitability. Tim, you know in regular season when demand levels are normal, it's so important to get your base rate right. Can you give an example of how you do this in your practice? Yeah, it really is, John. And you know, we've talked about this in the past. So I think it's a great opportunity to recap this approach once again. We've certainly heard from several of our owners. This is near and dear to their heart right now and top of mind. So I, I will I always start with just a refresher on who is my ideal guest for my property. And that's that's important step number one. Because that's who you are marketing to. And when you look at comps, what other people are charging, you're going to be looking for a relative comparison along those lines. Secondly, John, we've always talked about you have to know what your break even is on your property. I base mine on, I'm assuming, 15 rental nights every month. So I base my break even on 15 rental nights per month. What does that mean? I just take my total cost for a month. I divide it by the 15, my assumed rental nights. That gives me my break-even. And now I go out there and I do a relative comparison. What are other people charging? Other people that have homes like mine, bedrooms, bathrooms, same positioning as far as who's the ideal guest. And I look at what are they charging relative to my break even and now I start looking at pricing because you know this regular demand that's what we face most of the time so we've really got to get that dialed in so that we are making money during this period of time john how do you think about it that approach makes sense you say you base it on 15 days so that's my understanding, assuming like 15 day occupancy in a month, is that correct? Yep, that's right. Because if it's 15 days, like that's what you you can basically think is average. Um, you don't want to assume it's like 25 days out of 30, 31 days you're booked because that's being very aggressive in your assumption. And what you're doing, Tim, at 15 days, that's where you're breaking even, and you hope to book more than 15 days out to you know to profit. But you're saying at 15 days, that's like your what you're happy with that your break even you're covering expenses? Well, at 15 days, that's the number that I use to determine my break even. So if my total cost during the course of a month is $5,000, mortgage, all expenses in, and I divide that by the 15 nights that I assume mm-hmm. that I'm going to have the house occupied, well, 5,000 divided by 15, that is my price to break even. So if I charge that amount, I'm going to break even. And then I set my pricing above that based on the season. Got it. Got it. And the apples to oranges, um, how you're comparing your property to other comparables. I just wanted to piggyback on what you're doing. 
and go on to the next step. And that's making sure that your comparables of properties that you would compare to yours are actually apples to apples and not apples to oranges. And let's discuss a little bit about what that means. So what makes a good comp set to compare your property to? Tim talked about some of these points previously, but it would be similar bedroom and bathroom count. So for example, if you're renting out a six-bedroom home with four bathrooms, you want to compare to other six-bedroom homes with around four bathrooms. You don't want to compare a budget property to a luxury one because they're two different things with two completely different audiences, and it wouldn't make for a good comparable. Um, Also, if you're comparing a condo to a a house that's two stories, that's not a comparable because it's not the same type of property. Um, And how many properties do you want to gather to make a good comp set? I'd say six to 12 as a good starting point. You can add more as you find more comparables in your market, but six to 12 is a good way to start. And I would try to focus on a tight, tight, tight geographic area. Let's say where your property is located, say a 15 to 30 mile radius around that, that's your neighborhood. That's your your local town, a small city. So that's what I would focus on. I wouldn't go too far because then you'll be comparing two completely different cities. Um, and then once you have those comparables, then comes the fun part, right? You could actually look up all of their rates for a given week, say September 11th through September 19th. You take those rates and then you average those rates to see what the rate is averaging in the weekdays and the weekends. Once you get these averages and you put them in a spreadsheet, you can see where it's trending and then you can compare your rental to those rentals to see where you should price. Tim, once you look at like data points and you take these averages, how do you price your home when you see data points? Do you, do you price it more in the premium end or do you price it more market with your comp set? How are you doing that? Yeah, and just to add a little bit to the uh, the area to search for when you're looking for a comp. So if you've got a property in Orlando that's close to Disney, you want to search for other homes close to Disney because those are going to be priced higher. If you go well outside uh, Disney's location, you're going to run into lower pricing and you don't want to price against that. Similar, if you're a beach community, if you're oceanfront, you don't want to price against people that have homes on the second and third row. Otherwise, you'll you know, artificially deflate the pricing that you're going to be looking at. So, John, once I do this analysis for, for my home, you know that you know, I'm going after the generational family gatherings. I mm-hmm. tend to price on the premium side. And I just did this most recently. And I found that, and I'll use the example, third week in October, I was seeing pricing for homes like mine and locations like mine really low. And I'm seeing that more and more these days. I saw pricing from 289 to 479. Well, I know my break-even is $400, so I'm not going to make a penny if I don't price more than $400. So I looked at that $479 towards the top end, and that's what I looked at. So I'm, I priced it $500, just a little bit higher, because I include pool heat. I include several premium channels on TV that folks don't have to pay for. Uh, so I went to $500. So again, to recap that, my break even is $400. I'm not going to make any money unless I price a dollar over $400. My comps were $289 to $479. So I took that $479 price point, upper end of the range, 
and I add a little bit more to it because of the things that I provide the guests that these house don't. And I priced it $500. That's how I set my pricing. So I like that. So the recap, you're looking at your comp set, you're analyzing all these data points, and then you're charging that premium, right? Because you're going to deliver the highest quality accommodation as compared to those comparables. So you're including things that they do not. So your price is going to be a little bit higher and you're delivering a better experience. So you can price a little bit higher. Yeah. And John, I'll share, I'll share an example. I was talking to an owner just this week and she was 95% occupied and she was very proud of that. And she should be. That's a, that's a big accomplishment to have your property you know, rented 95% of the time. That's great. But she was frustrated because every month when she looked at her balance sheet, she wasn't making much money. So after just a little bit of a of conversation, she was doing the price analysis and she was pricing off the comp, but she didn't know what her break-even number was. So she was pricing right within the comp, but that comp was lower than the break-even. So every time she rented her home, she was losing money. And that was the piece that we really talked about quite a bit to help her think about how to think about her pricing and how to position it a little bit differently. In this case, she should have been, she could have been occupied a little bit less, charged a little bit more and made money. Right. And I love that story because it shows and illustrates how neglecting one factor, it will hurt big time. And it's just one thing, one assumption that's off and it's going to throw everything off and it's going to really ruin your chances of profitability. So it's so important to when you're setting up a listing and you're trying to get the rates right, especially your base rate, you take your time, you you analyze the data points, you make sure you're making the right assumptions, and then you do this right the first time because it'll save you a lot of money and grief in the long run. Um, And I love how the strategy that you use, um, that's the strategy like I recommend to most people, like try to deliver the highest quality possible, deliver the best guest experience possible, and then you can charge a premium. The other two strategies I've seen, um, I've seen people match market. So they'll look at their data points, they'll match the average, and they'll charge a little bit less to try to drive the highest occupancy. I don't like this one that much because you're trying to act as kind of like the, the low cost leader there, and you're trying to beat everyone based on price. And you're not going to, how do you say, like attract you know, the, your, your best groups because the groups that will vacation there will tend to, you know, trend like into the party crowd and and that's not what you want. Um, and that's what reduced rates bring. So while your occupancy will be a bit higher than if you're say doing the premium rate strategy, it, it's going to result in more wear and tear on your property. Um, and then I've seen people match their comps. So all the averages and, and all those data points, they'll match market and they'll just try to deliver better. So they won't necessarily try to beat people on price but they'll try to deliver a better experience at market rate, which is a good strategy to follow too if, if you don't feel your rental is premium, right? So those are the three basic strategies I've seen. And to recap those, it's match the market rates and charge a reduced rate to drive high occupancy. The second is match the market rate. So match whatever the average rates are and deliver better quality. And then the third is charge a premium and deliver the highest quality, right? Those are the three basic strategies you can follow. Um, but there's many others that you could use. Um, and I know, Tim, like what, you've, what you're doing is, is doing that premium strategy. And I really like that because your home is a premium listing, right? Um, so 
it, everything is going to vary and everyone's going to have a different strategy for what works for them. But this podcast is just an example of how you can think about this in a good framework to start with. Um, Tim, what do you think about when you look at your base rate? Do you, how many times do you see yourself adjusting that base rate? Your, your average rate. You know the the approach I take, John, uh, and we've talked about this in in previous podcasts. So, if I'm call it 70, 80, 90 days out. So, as an example, um, for October, you know, back in July, August, on the platforms, the Verbos and Airbnb, I had my property listed even more premium. So I, I ratcheted up a little bit. And during that time, I was leveraging my social networks and I was leveraging my past guests to see if uh, they wanted to come back in for a visit. But once I got about mm-hmm. 45 days out from the rental period, I started adjusting the pricing down, but I was always keeping an eye on what was happening with the comps. What were others doing with their pricing? Sounds like it occupies a lot of time, but it really doesn't. It just means logging in and doing the analysis that you suggested can do that in about 15 minutes. But what you'll find is owners are constantly adjusting their prices and you just want to be aware of what they're doing so that you can price accordingly. But I'm going to underscore this. You should always know what your break even is so that you don't adjust your pricing below your break even. Then you're going to have occupancy and wear and tear, but you're going to be losing money. Absolutely. And this is just part one of our seven episode mini series on pricing. Okay. Next episode, we're going to talk about seasonality and pricing on Airbnb and Verbo, a practical approach to optimize for seasonal demand and rake in those profits. Okay. So, what Tim and I want to do is help you as an owner thrive, whether you're a complete beginner or an experienced operator. We, we want you to have a strong foundation in the fundamentals. So we would like you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Five, where we will share exclusive insights to help you achieve your short-term rental goals. This week, we're going to share something that is really helpful with our pricing series. It's going to be a worksheet, and this worksheet's going to be everything you need to do your very own comparables analysis so you can see what's in your market, look at data points, and actually put this, these lessons from the seven-day miniseries into action. So you can have the most optimized base rates and seasonal rates possible. So what we would like you to do is go to www.vacationhomehelp.com slash podcast, enter your email and subscribe, and we'll send you a lot of exclusive resources and insights every single week, starting with this worksheet. Okay. And on the next episode, we'll talk about seasonality. So you know whether the season's high, low, we're in a holiday, what you should do to optimize your chances at earning a profit for those nights. Tim, do you have anything to add on this episode? No, I think we covered it. Already looking forward to the next episode. On the next episode of Vacation Rental and Airbnb Mastery, Tim and I are going to discuss seasonality and how you can optimize your seasonal pricing to maximize your profit potential. We will talk about the basics of setting your seasons. And if you subscribe to our podcast at vacationhomehelp.com slash podcast, we'll share with you the seasonal rate bands for our market, Orlando, Florida. So you can see how rates differ depending on season, how much premium season will cost, and then the minimum night stays that go along with each season. So for example, peak season has seven night minimum, 
uh, low season has a four night minimum. You'll get to see that in the worksheet. Okay. So with that being said, take care and we're looking forward to the next episode.